This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, August 11th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you on the Book of Face... Twitter and the tube of you who are not on here yet because I can see can see the beautiful faces of William Kerlick and Marcus Porter going to be a great day of recruiting we are really close to football season people you're getting uh, the kids in the neighborhood you see with their pads on heading to practice in good old Ohio fashion if you're not there being in Ohio for football season is a definite treat these are the two guys to do it with we are going to talk about a ton of stuff today. Both of these guys are heading out on the road in the near future to see prospects you need to know about. But first, Mark, we're going to start with you today. You were at Glen, excuse me, Rocky River this past weekend as they hosted a four-way scrimmage that included the Glenville Tar Blooders. The pipeline looks to be ready to be rehooked. The Ted Ginn Sr. is healthy and back to his stride let's say for a track guy and they've got some studs there now arvel reese the linebacker and bryce west the defensive back the headliners since you attended arvel reese committed to ohio state i'll assume that's a coincidence tell us what you saw at practice i know they kept it pretty vanilla but you can still see some more up front let us know what you saw yeah, I, uh, last week on a talk of, uh, the podcast, we talked about how kids like to commit before they start hitting in case there's an injury, and that was the case with Darvell. We went up there to see his first scrimmage, and, you know, Glenville being shut down with the COVID year, and, you know, Ted Ginn, you know, building that program, it's finally back to what you could call a pipeline. I mean, I could probably dialogue about 10 or 12 prospects on that team, but the guys we care about are Ohio State worthy. Darvell Reese is the guy, okay? Uh, he came from Euclid last year. Uh, interestingly, I thought they had him playing middle linebacker. They put him in the middle of the defense, and he looks enormous standing there at 6'4", 220 pounds in the middle of the defense. He looks out of place, okay? So I know a lot of people think he's going to be growing into a defensive end, but I like the way they're going to let him run around and hit and be an athlete as long as possible. It's kind of like the bump-down theory. is Put him at safety as long as possible, and then he bumps down the linebacker, then they bump down the defensive end. Uh, Arvell said he's down under 220 pounds because of camp right now. So he's a little bit light. Uh, he looked fantastic. Although in a scrimmage, there wasn't much for him to do. I think the film we had him, he was running around changing direction and pass drops balls were going the other way. Um, I don't know if the other team was game planning, but they didn't line up and go straight downhill at Arvell Reese. Okay. So they were definitely hitting the edges and making him run around. Uh, he is probably going to be an outside linebacker just by his build. I would say if he stays inside, he'll be one of the thickest uh, linebackers. He's almost like Sonny Styles, you know, it would be an inside linebacker. You could think like that, or uh, even the old Tangy Josh Perry, you know, if he was an inside linebacker at six, five, it looks a little bit out of place, but there are guys in the NFL that do pull it off if they stay there and handle it athletically. Uh, Bryce West, uh, one of the first plays of the game, he came up and just pounded somebody in the backfield. He came up at a corner 
Uh, he made a couple high point plays, a couple interceptions. He is just this looks physically dominating. He looks like he's almost 200 pounds now. Um, a lot of high school teams would have a kid that looks like that playing linebacker. Uh, some would have him playing defensive line, okay? But he's out there corner and press man to man, running four four or four five, depending on what combine you've checked his time at. So those two guys check every box: the look part, the play part. Uh, nice to talk to, very gentlemanly guys. Ohio State is on the right people at Glenville. Freddie Johnson is the guy that burst onto the scene. Okay, uh, 350 pounds last year. I probably wouldn't give him a nickel for him because he was just too big and too heavy. He's he told me he was 290 yesterday, which is a 50 or 60 pound loss. And at about 6'5", 6'6", that'll be a guy we look at going ahead as one of the better linemen in the class. And, you know, Michigan had him up there last weekend, and I know they're trying to steal a player out of Ohio, so they got their hooks into him early. But he was at the Ohio State camp this summer, and the Buckeyes were well aware of him on his weight loss journey. I'm sure they'll be there too. And then I told you we could go over 10 names. Let's just throw out a freshman that was rotating at linebacker with Arvell Reese with the starting unit, uh, Sincere Johnson, which is Freddie Johnson's younger brother. Okay, and he's a 6'2", 200-pound linebacker. And, yeah, the – the rave was about him that day, so not yet, but that'll be the next guy after Freddie Johnson we'll be talking about, him, along with many others up there. Bill, we are excited to have the Glenville Pipeline back. I mean, when I first started here, I think we had a stretch where we had at least two or three guys in every class, and then two or three others would head for Michigan or Toledo or some other Mac school to show the depth of talent. We know they were very, very into Arvell Reese, and they want Bryce West. Sometimes the in-state guys, maybe we don't pub as much as we should. Give us an idea of what they think of Arvell Reese, how happy they were to get him, and then how invested they are in Bryce West. Well, they think he can be a great player for them. And, you know, Mark mentioned that he lined up at uh, in the middle of the defensive linebacker. And Ohio State has talked to him, Jim Knowles has talked to him about playing inside. Uh, they feel like one of the things they like about him is his versatility. Um, as Mark said, he, he's going to get bigger and he's going to probably grow into um, uh, possibly a perimeter defensive end rush type guy. But right now they look at him as a guy that can play inside for them with the potential to move around and play outside eventually. Um, uh, Bryce West, another guy they love. They offer, He was the first Ohio 2024 guy that Ohio State offered. Um, and for quite some time, he was the only 2024 Ohioan that Ohio State had offered. Uh, you know, now they've offered a number of other guys in Ohio, but he stayed that way for quite some time. And like, like Mark said, he's, uh, he's a good-sized kid that has the speed and coverage ability to play on the corner, and that's what he'll play in college. And, you know, one thing we talked – briefly very briefly near the end of the show last week about the possibility in fact we talked about uh to watch for it to possibly happen Arvell Reese committing earlier not being a Glenville quote guy goes through the process look for him to commit early and there was a reason you know we we knew that was coming um and sure enough he committed last Saturday night at 6 30 um Good right as I was getting on the plane, I might add, to come home from Florida. But uh, we were ready, so we had it all covered. Um, and I want to drop another little uh, tidbit, I guess. Uh, don't be too surprised if maybe Bryce West might eventually do the same thing 
He might not wait it out and go through the whole process and take official visits and do all that and commit late. So I'm not saying he's going to commit anytime soon. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying that Bryce West might do something along the lines uh, of an Arvell Reese and make his decision sooner in the process rather than later. You know, Bill, you made that – hold on a sec, Mark. Bill, you made that comment at the 750 mark of the show. And I think what we've learned here is if you really want to be informed on the Buckeyes, you need to listen to the whole show because we let out that Arvell Reese nugget at the end and anybody who can read between the lines or actually could watch the show would have known he was committing within the next 72 hours. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, a little color for that. Just talking to the guys on the sidelines, I think the process is building on these players. And what I mean by that is they don't want to be fake. If they really like Ohio State right now, it's really hard to go on a visit to USC and pretend you like all those coaches and be genuine about, yeah, you have a chance to land me when I kind of already know where my heart's at right now. You know, and then the traditional Glenville thing in the past has been take all your visits, get the experience, see the world, make sure you've crossed all your T's, dotted all your I's. But there may be a thinking right now where Bryce West and Arvell have taken enough phone calls from reporters where, you know, they're getting asked every day, where are you going? And I think in the back of the head, Arvell knew for a while where he was going. And I think he was just telling reporters the same uh, story over and over. And I, I think it was getting more disingenuous over and over where, yeah, guys, it's the top five of these. Are you sure you don't have a leader? Yeah, guys. So the vibe I got is, you know, we want to avoid injury and put our money in the bank and commit. And this process is, you know, something a lot of these kids just want to go focus on their year and not deal with the constant scrutiny from their family, friends, reporters, college coaches. Where are you headed? Okay, especially when their heart was sold on the buck, guys. And I would say this is a common sense factor working here. Um, ESPN, regardless of what you think of their operation, did a thing recently where they they created some uh, algorithm or mechanism to determine which schools were uh, wide receiver U or QBU or tight end U. Ohio State finished as DBU. So if you have a defensive back at Glenville that good and you're recruiting from, say, Oklahoma or USC, and say, I think you're saving those dollars and realizing you know that kid's going to Ohio State unless they screw something up. So we appreciate that very much. All right, we have some great questions today. We're going to take a quick break for the podcasters. Come back and nail them. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Paid some bills there. Larry Ventresco, definitely in the running for a Mount Rushmore BM5 questioner type. Good morning, Bucknutters. Well, we've answered this question many times, Mark, and it comes up a lot, and I want you to hit it again. Why doesn't Ohio State have spring football like some other states? Well, well, personally, this is going to hit me a little harder than it has any year because I have a young middle school player, and we're seeing right now, boy, we wish we had some – seven-on-sevens and some spring flag football to develop your players, okay? Uh, AAU basketball, in a simple way, to answer this simply, has ruined it for high school football. Don't uh, I know a- it. And yeah, my bank a- account, by the way. Go ahead. Many yeah, hotels. 
AAU basketball has become central to uh, basketball, where the high school game might not be as important as it used to be because the coaches for the AAU teams are taking these guys around the country, getting them scholarships, et cetera, where I don't think the football coaches wanted to let go where in the spring that they would have other guys take over their teams and do seven on seven. And a lot of the smaller schools in Ohio, remember there's 700 high schools, if they lose their spring sports, meaning if the baseball players want to go to spring football and the track athletes want to go to spring football, there won't be spring sports at those schools. So they don't want to make kids have to make a decision between football in the spring and baseball in the spring or football in the spring and track or whatever their spring sports are. Uh, every other state has an advantage on Ohio as far as development because we do not have spring ball. Uh, do I think it would go the route of AAU where you'd have seven-on-seven seven coaches, you know, in Dayton taking the best player from Alter and Trotwood and Wayne and building a super seven-on-seven seven team and then taking it around the country and getting sponsors from Nike and Under Armour and getting all kinds of illegal money and then getting those kids scholarships and saying, hey, why did you? Why do you even need to play for your high school coach? You just play for me. That's the animal that Ohio high school coaches don't want to see pop up in Ohio, in addition to ruining spring sports at smaller schools. Uh, but it is a serious disadvantage for the kids, and that argument is very, very strong and gets louder and louder every year. And I, and I, I want to kind of piggyback as, as a former – High school, long time head, fairly long time head coach, basketball coach at a big high school. I can understand that. You know, we, I, I was the head basketball coach at Dublin High School um, for a number of years. And, and I can understand the thinking there that, um, you know, with uh, with the kids having so many different possibilities there and and the focus of concentrating on one sport, you do run the risk of losing kids in your sport uh, to other sports. So I, I do understand the thinking there that Mark's talking about. And then and one other point is, you know, to be a high school coach, you've been certified, you're a professional, you've had background checks, you know, you're really doing it as a profession. And then some guy who couldn't pass a background check in a million years now has your player worshiping them and not you. So the respect yep. you have earned and deserved as a high school coach, now your players are thinking, now oh, this is just a guy I got to go play with in my school. The the guy who's really helping me is so-and-so. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of bad environments that come up in those scenarios. And when I was coaching in high school, the AAU stuff, uh, basketball-wise, had not really hit yet. It, it had just started to hit after I got out of being a head high school coach. And it's a whole new game because I then went from being a head high school coach to being an AAU coach. And it's a whole new game. And you worry about recruiting. If, if I'm a coach and I got a player from Wayne, Alter, and whatever, then you say, hey, why don't you guys just all go play at the same high school and do this? And, yep. you know, it really leads. I mean, there's a lot of paths that the high school coaches in Ohio are like, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen to our sport. And almost like what's happened in the college football. It's good for the players to get paid but you've opened up Pandora's box. And yes, it would be good for the Ohio high school players to develop, but you open up Pandora's box. And, and as Dan, I think would tell you, it's kind of the wild, wild west out there on the AAU scene. You know, every, every, I was coaching in the Ohio program and, and people are stealing players from you and you're trying to get other players. It's just wild. You, you've got to do everything you can to keep your guys. And, and then you got to look to get other guys and, it's kind of crazy to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's not kind of crazy. It's it crazy. crazy. Um, 
I think you can see a small example of this, Bill. You'd know we had Andrew Ivins on the show Tuesday, and he made a very interesting comment about Florida players relative to other players. You know, we have this saying here, and Dwayne loves to say, we always want the last official visit. Well, Andrew says, in Florida, you always want the last commitment because the kid's going to commit three times. So that lets you know the difference. But the South Florida Express and the 707s, they have AAU football basically in Florida. Um, I don't know the exact ramifications of such, but there's just no question. If you look at the states that are ahead of Ohio in, in football production, it's California, Florida, Texas, and Georgia. And then, you know, some others. And those are warm weather states. And uh, we suffer a disadvantage there. I can't complain about recruiting that hard. All right. Bill, for you, Tom Pauly. Do you think a strong defensive showing in the Notre Dame game could bring some defensive commits right after? I ask this for a couple of reasons. One, because it's a great question. Two, because Ohio State has obviously missed out on some key defensive targets. And three, because the Notre Dame and Ohio State game is shaping up as one of the all-time game visit games for the Buckeyes. Bring us up to speed. Well, I don't think it will translate into a number of immediate commitments because that's just not the way it's done very often anymore. Uh, the old days, kids would make a visit, and by the end of the weekend, they'd announce a commitment. That doesn't happen very often anymore. You know, they want to make their videos, and they want to do their edits and all that, and that's fine. The podium. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, they may commit silently when they're, but they they don't do that much anymore. Where you know, back when I started doing this, I would kind of uh, plan on by the end of a big recruiting weekend, I would have two, three, four, five new commitments to to talk about uh, by Sunday evening. Often, maybe Monday. A lot of slides made ahead of time. Yeah, it's a, so. But I do think a strong defensive showing in that game is going to help. Um, you know, kids want to see what they're getting into, so to speak. They want to see the defense. They want to see progress. And I think they will see that. I think Ohio State's defense is going to be much improved. And I think that's going to translate into a lot of recruiting momentum going forward from that point on. I just wouldn't expect a number of commitments to be announced real, real quickly. And I think teams right now, if they have one little thing to negatively recruit against Ohio State, it's, hey, that defense wasn't very good last year. You might not want to go there. But how long does that hold up after you start putting some, you know, defensive performances together? Well, Halfley was here one year. And that Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, I think, were the second and third picks in the draft, which is a strong uh, advertising for the program. This question is good because he will be the next guy Mark Porter is going to do a scouting report on. Um, we have one in the tank for Jalen Thompson that will be coming later today. The defensive or the uh, dude out of Cast Tech who is considering the Spartans as well. But Desmond Umezulu, I hope that's right. PG County, baby. He's from the D.C. area, talent-laden area, um, defensive end. He came out with a final list, Bill, and it looked like Ohio State and several other schools we don't usually recruit against. Will he be a Buckeye? I'm not ready to say yet on that, to be honest, because there's still a lot of time left. He's not announcing till basically the end of this month. That's a lot of time in the recruiting business, and things can change. Um, I was asked actually asked this question on my chat uh, yesterday morning, and and as I put it, you know, I. I 
I'm not ready to just crystal ball him to Ohio State at this point, uh, but I'm not ready to take him out of the contention either. I want to see what happens over the next week, two weeks, whatever, to, to see where, you know, to see where I think he's going. I think he's going to end up at Ohio State, South Carolina, maybe Pitt, one of those schools. I'm just not ready to, to go uh, definitively with a prediction on where he's headed. Um, I, I guess I take the kind of wait and see a little bit approach with him. I know we, we kind of had the same thing with D John Johnson, the cornerback this past weekend where, you know, a number of people had him as a done deal to Ohio state. And somebody asked me about that. And I said, well, let's, you know, let's hold off a little bit. I like the way it's going with Ohio state, but he's supposed to talk to Ryan day on Sunday. And I don't want to make any kind of prediction for sure. What I think, until after he talks to Ryan Day on Sunday. And as we know, after he talked to Ryan Day on Sunday, you know, there, there were, uh, he did not end up uh, recommitting to Ohio State. It's kind of the same thing. I want to kind of see what happens over the next week or so, week or two with, with Desmond. Okay, I will take this one. Bruce Newmeister, I think. Who was our backup quarterback? Bruce, you need to go read the boarding house. Yesterday's boarding house, we, we uh, told you that Kyle McCord has a sizable lead over Devin Brown, and it's nothing about Devin Brown that's a problem. It's that Kyle McCord has taken control of the second unit, can make every throw. They are very, very confident in Kyle McCord. Very interesting. You don't hear much about Kyle McCord and your one ankle sprain from him being the most important guy in the program. So it's good that uh, we like to line up the first rounders. Bill. I learned something here from Grant Nichol, as I always say, possibly related to Mandy Nichol, best-looking girl I went to high school with. Should we be considered the leader for Perry Eliano's cousin, K.J. Bolden? For those of you who don't know, Perry Eliano is a new staffer for Ohio State. Was he hired because he's related to K.J. Bolden? I don't know. I didn't even know he was related to him until just now. Thank you, Grant. Bill, your thoughts. First of all, I think Perry Iliano is doing a great job recruiting wise for Ohio State. He's he's working to recruit um, not only safeties but corners, and, I, and he's doing a great job. Um, I, I think you're going to see over the next couple of years he he is an outstanding recruiter. Um, as far as KJ Bolden, I would hate to I would hesitate to say Ohio State's the leader right now. I would just say they are very much in the game, serious contenders for him. He is uh, planning to be back for the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. That's a good thing. He was here in the spring. The visit couldn't have gone any better, um, and he'll be returning. We'll see what happens. Now, obviously, Georgia's going to be a factor in there too, um, but I think it's too early to say that anyone schools the leader right now for K.J. Bolden. Mark and Bill, I'm going to go to Mark on this one. Is there a harder position to predict how they'll turn out in college than offensive linemen? I've always been told that offensive line in a lot of ways is like recruiting a big man in basketball out of high school where he's not going up against many guys that are his size, speed, and strength. A lot of it's projection. I assume the camps are really important. Mark, take it. Uh, you know what? I actually have a real comfort level with offensive line and trying to project offensive line, and I think – that's kind of where my roots have come from being a tight end. I spent all my time in film room with offensive linemen. So I, I don't know if that's as hard to me. I think personally the hardest thing to evaluate in high school is defensive back because most teams play zone coverage and you never see kids in man-to-man. And a lot of times on Friday night, they never get tested. If there is a great corner, they usually they throw away from them. So 
lot of corners, I think, are out there off of reputation or out there off of a 40 time, and you really don't see them cover until you get them in a camp setting and you can legitimately test them against legitimate receivers. So for me, it's, it's defensive backs because of the way high school football is played and the sample size you would get. Like a Glenville, uh, Bryce West is impressed man-to-man from start to finish all year long. You see everything you need to see out of him. Aaron Scott at Springfield, impressed mm-hmm. man-to-man coverage all year long. You see everything you need to see the 40 times back it up. A lot of kids, they're in over-the-top cover three, and they're play- basically playing an over-top safety over the night all night as a corner, which really isn't the job description of corner. It's lock down a man and man-to-man and run with them, not stand uh, deeper than the deepest. So – Offensive line is tough, and there is a lot of projection. There's a lot of misses there. I understand the question, but for me, I'd rather be picking offensive linemen than trying to pick some of those DBs, especially when you see a 5'9 guy that can fly and you love him, but then you're scared of his size. So a lot, lot going on in that secondary. Dan, real quick, too, I'm going to get back to uh, K.J. Bolden. I mentioned he's coming up here for the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, and uh, we talked about Perry Eliano. Also, Miguel Patrick. Uh, who is now on the high state staff. He is from Georgia and doing a great job. He's a part, a big part of the reason why all these Georgia guys are so interested in Ohio state. Uh, he is talking to KJ Bolden virtually every week. Uh, so, you know, they're, they are uh, working very, very hard as a staff on KJ Bolden. Bill, I have a feeling the recruit on the board, if you were to pull your buck nutters, the guy who'd finish number one on most desired recruit left on the board. I guess I could be wrong, but I think it would be Mateo Uyungale, younger brother of DJ, the Clemson quarterback, son of Big Dave on Twitter. You all know him. He's a, about as good follow on Twitter as you can get from a parent. He is out west. USC's in the mix. Suzebo on the Mount Rushmore wants to know, Bill, is USC, is USC leading? Are we in the mix? High State is definitely in the mix. You know, again, it's hard to say because he's still taking, he's still going to take visits. And he's one of the guys I would not be surprised if he goes through the process and waits until uh, mid December signing day and announces his decision. But Ohio State absolutely is in the mix. One of his top choices, USC's fighting for him. Uh, you know, it, the Buckeyes have a legitimate chance to land him at this point, no question. But he does, and we've talked about this before, this is not – you wouldn't put him in the Bryce West possible to pull the trigger soon category. Mm, I don't think so, no. Everything that uh, I have been told, everything I've heard is that he's going to – you know, he's taken, I think, I believe it's three official visits so far, and, and he's likely going to take those last two before he makes his decision. Okay, let's finish with this. And, Bill, you can start it, and, Martin, you can comment. I talked about this a little bit earlier, Bill. Everything is leading towards the Notre Dame at Ohio State game. I mean, if you just sit and think about the game in terms of being the season opener, in terms of being a classic matchup of two of the blue bloods of college football, certainly from a rating standpoint, you want to have an investment in this game nationally. Then you talk about the recruiting side of it. Then you talk about the fact that Notre Dame is basically Ohio State to the left uh, in terms of their coaching staff, just unlimited content possibilities and incredible red carpet. They'll be staring across the field at Notre Dame. Who are some of the guys we need to know that are coming, Bill? I know not everybody has set it up, but we've had, for example, Jeremiah Smith out of Florida, the number one receiver in the class of 2024. 
I read your story the other day that he'd committed to uh, make an official visit for the Notre Dame game. And it does look like the staff is gearing up for that in a major, major way. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, uh, Jeremiah Smith, though, will be on an unofficial visit because he's Sorry. a 2024 kid. To but, me, it's um, official. Yeah. Uh, but um, either today or tomorrow, I'm going, I've done at least two articles on the players that'll make visits to Ohio State for that Notre Dame game. And I'm going to be doing a third article either today or tomorrow on, on who will be visiting, at least today, tomorrow, Saturday at the very latest. And then I'll have a thread pinned at the top of the front row uh, updating that thread and keeping a, a running thread of who's going to be at that game. But some of the guys, as you mentioned, uh, Jeremiah Smith, uh, wide receiver from Florida, the, one of the country's the elite wide receivers, he will be on an unofficial visit, as will quarterback Ryan Montgomery. He'll be there. Uh, King Joseph Edwards, defensive end, outside linebacker from Georgia, uh, is going to be there. And, you know, I might add, uh, a lot of Bucknuggers are wondering, not a lot, but some are wondering, where's the defensive players? Well, the Notre Dame game is already filled with a whole bunch of defensive players, top defensive players that are planning to be at that game. Uh, King Joseph Edwards, linebacker Sammy Brown, another Georgia kid, mm, linebacker Kingston via Asa from uh, St. John Bosco in California. He's going to be at that game. Linebacker Anthony Specca, um, uh, linebacker Jadon Perlotte from the 2025 class, an elite linebacker in that class is going to be at that game. Bryce West, uh, Peyton Woodard, defensive back from California. Aaron Scott, who, by the way, I'm going to see tonight. He has a scrimmage uh, that I'll be going to tonight, and I'll see Aaron Scott uh, in person again tonight. So, uh, you know, I can kind of go on. It's good. It's a great list that's already formulating. And Bucknutters, a lot of them are great defensive players uh, that are going to be at that game. So if Ohio State shows out, shows improvement, like I think they will, it'll be a very positive thing for the Buckeyes. And we are building towards that time, and – We'll have tons and tons of coverage of that. We're going to sign off here in a second, but this is important. What time is it right now as I look at the clock? 9.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our Bucknut staffers, Bill, Bill Kerlick, he's not there. He's right there. Steve Hellwagon, Patrick Murphy, and Dave Biddle are on their way or at Ohio State now for practice. It's at 9.30. You'll have total coverage of that. Bill just told you he will be on, not really the road. He's going to. I think his commute tonight's less than five minutes. Thankful, thankful to Springfield for scheduling a scrimmage up there. And then, Mark, you'll be on the road this weekend. Where are you considering going? And we'll, of course, have a Monday feature. But who's in the mix? Usually I spend my preseasons in Youngstown. Uh, I do a Monday night TV show here where we talk about Youngstown players. So I got to round up Youngstown in the scrimmages. I did probably four Youngstown scrimmages. I'll probably do one. So maybe not Ohio State relevant players, although there'll be some players there. Week one is when I start heading out and we'll start covering a Buckeye every week and, you know, make sure the Bucknuts have content. Last week was nice. I got to start with Glenville and do some Buckeye work there. Uh, and you never know. The reason I go to places no one else is at is because you find the next Bryce West that nobody's talking about. Perfect way to leave it. We hope we're giving you something here you can't get somewhere else. These guys are the best in the business, and we appreciate them dedicating their time every Thursday as well as you, the Bucknutters. Have a good one.